Welcome to the Spiritually Expressed Human, a show where being spiritual means unleashing the badass within, and being human means listening to your heart's voice instead of the one in your head. Together, Susan will help you navigate the murky waters of life's emotional and spiritual experiences, those that likely caused you to live by someone else's directions, and find your true north so that you can become the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be. Now here's your host, Susan Desenzi. Welcome back to the show. You know, you guys hear me say every single week how excited I am to have my guests on. Well, did you really think I would bring guests on that I wasn't excited about? So of course I'm going to be excited with each and every guest. But what I especially love about this woman is that she is so multifaceted and really stepped through some shit in her life that landed her in a place of her zone of genius. And, you know, we hear that word genius and typically we think of a lot of things like, oh, they have a high IQ and they're super, super smart. But I really believe that genius, and when we hear that term zone of genius, is about stepping in. And this show is about stepping into who you really are meant to be and who you were born to be and how we get caught with all of the experiences of our past and sometimes our present, and it holds us back. Well, this guest found her way through that. And so I am super excited. I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a second. But first, I want to welcome to the show, Melissa Seaman. Thank you so much for being in the house. Welcome. Hi, Susan. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Always. Well, and you were on the other show, Kick Your Butts, and we had an amazing Mm -hmm. conversation. And I just was recently on your show, another amazing conversation. Channel Your Genius. Yes. Yes. Channel Your Genius. And that is the name of her show. So do you see kind of why I brought her on now? (laughs) We're sisters for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And when we first met, I don't even remember how we met. There was just a a synergy. And we've always had awesome conversations. And I said, hey, let's get you on the new show and really dive in because it's really about becoming fully expressed. So let me tell you a little bit about Melissa. Now she gets called a lot of things, (laughs) hopefully always good. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. A lawyer, a channel, a business mentor. You know, but the beauty of Melissa, she's deeply intuitive And she's also a mom and a marketing strategist. And you've heard me talk on the show about the roles that we play. And what's beautiful is that Melissa may play all these roles and hired by, you know, a lot of very impressive people, you know, from like, uh, say, Silicon Valley and, you know, creative tech founders to Fortune 100 executives to, you know, internationally renowned artists filmmakers, Mm -hmm. thought leaders, you name it. The list could go on and on. But her heart is especially devoted to supporting professional creatives who are waking up to their deepest calling as channels of their own unique genius. Right? That is so true. So true. So I want to hear your story on how you kind of found your zone of genius and stepped into your genius. But if you could, because, oh, and and we kind of alluded to this, but I want to be very specific. She's also the podcast host of a show called Channel <laughs> Your Genius. I just wanted to add that in again. What does genius mean to you? So for me, genius is our source of our best ideas. 
And instead of seeing genius, now I went to Stanford. I've always been, I was valedictorian. Like I'm someone who lived life as an intellectual. At the same time, I recognize that our best genius is not learned in school. <laughs> yes. And it's not based in our analytical minds. Mm. To me, genius is the spirit of intelligence and love that downloads into us, that flows through us, and mm. that births wonderful things through us as instruments. And so that's why I refer to my business as channel your genius. I believe that we are all channels. We're all instruments of our own unique source that wants to come through us. And when we can get the heck out of the way, <laughs> right? <laughs> and at the same time, stay and co-create, participate. And not just to be a visionary who has these brilliant downloads and visions, but to be a co-creator, to be someone who allows this genius to flow all the way through us and into the world as business, as real life, real results for real people, making real money, to make it real in the real world, in my opinion, is just as important as the visionary aspect of being an instrument of genius. Right. Oh my God. Like, I want to sit with that for a second because that is probably one of the most profound, I guess we'll say definitions. I don't really like that word per se in that way of genius, right? Because it's, it's the spirit. I love what you said, the spirit of intelligence, the spirit of love, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the show as, as this spiritually expressiveness, right? I have wanted to convey all along that it doesn't necessarily mean religiosity or some particular dogma or doctrine or belief system. And it doesn't even mean that you have to consider yourself to be spiritual. But Mm -hmm. it's this spirit, this this knowingness, this something inside Mm -hmm. that you then allow to channel through and embody, right, is what I'm really hearing you say. I totally agree with that translation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then allowing that to unfold and be another part of the co-creation in order to share with the world however that unfolds, right? Whether it's as a business idea or it's in a relationship or whatever it may mean and and really providing value for each person and for those around and that impact that we all make, right? Yes. Yes, being responsible for the impact that we make in the world, which sometimes spirituality, some forms of spirituality and religion sometimes are somehow missing that piece about being responsible to what we create in the world. You know, well, as long as I, you know, ask forgiveness, it doesn't matter that I created this giant mess of my life. You know, God, God loves me exactly the same and I'm going to heaven. It's like, oh man. Oh, right. Oh no. I know. It's it's those, like. (laughs) We're adults. It's those people that, that I always said were super woo woo that were like, if you just light candles, talk in this voice, right? If you just light candles and incense and you say <laughs> namaste all day, life is good. I, I went to yeah. an event about six, seven years ago where I stood up and I don't go to a lot of events. And 
it was a lot of people who I kind of felt or thought or knew might be what I would call more woo-woo or I was afraid mm-hmm. might be more woo-woo. And the host was asking for, it just was starting, a couple of like, why are you here or whatever, right? What do you want to get mm-hmm. out of this? Mm-hmm. And I stood up and I said exactly this. I, I said a few things prior to, but I said, I don't go to a lot of these events and I always get concerned that when I go, there's going to be all these really super woo-woo people who are like vegan and eat, drink, you know, uh, wear cotton and, you know, <laughs> are, are just like namasteing uh-huh. all day long. And I said, here's the truth. I eat meat, I smoke cigarettes, and I say the word fuck. <laughs> and I had so many people come up afterwards and say, wow, thank you for your vulnerability and your rawness and your realness. Mm-hmm. Your humanity. Yeah, because it's like, here's how you blend. In order to find my genius, I had to be as authentic as I could be without worrying about how others saw me. And I became Mm -hmm. friends with the host and did some work with her, actually. And she told me years later that that singular thing changed the course of the event. Because after I did that, she had everybody stand up and say the the toughest swear word they would never want to say out loud (laughs) just to kind of release and allow Mm -hmm. themselves to be like more real to channel their genius then over the course of the next few days. And I'm sharing that story because I think that, you know, I think that, well, would you agree that you found in your work, people get really caught up in all of those self-imposed ideas and expectations and limitations and they become afraid to tap into that spirit within. And that prevents them then from stepping into being able to be that channel for their own genius. Well, I, what I see is there's kind of two different blocks. You know, there's some of us that you just described who are deeply spiritual and we have visions all day long and we're more woo-woo and we're sometimes ungrounded but we have our genius. Our genius is arriving, but it's kind of getting stuck in the upper part of the head and the throat. And we're thinking about it and we're talking about it, but we're not doing mm. in the world with it. Mm-hmm. And then there's another type of person who is able to create in the world, is able to make money, is able to talk about all the real things all the time, is a mover and a shaker, but feels cut off from their source, feels feels uninspired, feels alone in the world, doesn't talk to their intuition or their guidance and stuff like that. And so what I notice and what I like to work with people on is to get both sides of that coin at the same time. So that's why with some people like the super more spiritually oriented people who I also sometimes get frustrated with, like, come on, be real, you know, That's why I have like a business school for them because that's what they need. They need to be able to take those visions and their inspiration and birth it into the world as something real. Mm. And then I have a mystery school (laughs) for the professionals and I do, you know, high-end executive coaching for the professionals who are really good at birthing things into the world, but they are not sure what to do with these awakening intuitive inklings that they're having and they want to be more woo-woo without becoming a woo-woo weirdo. Right. So so to me, both are, you know, both are the problem, you might say. Like that's 
when yeah. we when we think these two things aren't connected, we miss out on the opportunity to become true conduits, channels, instruments of that which is our highest genius. And so, yeah, so I kind of, I'm equally irritated by both kinds of person. <laughs> I hear <laughs> and, you. Including with myself when yeah. I get into go, go, do, do lawyer mode. Yeah. I get frustrated with myself because I've forgotten to go into ceremony and connect with my guidance and, and flood myself with pleasure and spirit. Like I forget, I just forget sometimes. And then other times I'm being all woo and I think I'm so hot and I'm visioning for people and I'm being psychic for clients. And then, and I forget to like go feed the cat and check in with my kids <laughs> and do the things that normal people do or to tend my marketing funnel or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I really feel like we're being asked by, by our deepest spirit to be in both worlds at the same time. And yeah. that's a big ass job. So even while I can feel a little feisty or judgmental about people when they're not getting both sides. I also have this deep reverence and appreciation for creative people who dare to try and be in both worlds at the same time, who dare to tap the world of meaning as visionaries and simultaneously be here in the mud creating and messing up and, you know, all the physical and make money and lose money and, you know, right. be, get into relationship and then work your way out of it. And, um, I like what you do. Relationship. You just yes, said relationship. Yes. Oh yes. And honestly, you know, I talk to people's spirit guides all the time. Mm -hmm. That's part of my job is when, when people don't, hear their, their own quote unquote spirit guys, which is a metaphor. Come on. Like, you know, I don't think that there's actual spirit people floating around us, but the metaphor of spirit guides, the analogy is so useful because when we use it, we can translate spirit in mm -hmm. ways that have effect in the real world. So that's why I'm going for it. So anyways, when I talk to other people's spirit guides, it's because maybe they're not, their listening is not as refined yet to their own spirit guides or because they've never even thought about spirit guides or because we're touching on a subject that is hard for them to look at themselves. And so when I'm doing that, one thing that I've noticed that really surprises me is this sense I get that our spirit guides, the big part of ourselves looks at our personality self as adorable, like as so cute. There's this, there's this dear quality. And it reminds me of myself, like when I would look at my kids and even when they're in the middle, you know, when my kids were little and they'd be in the middle of a giant tantrum, like throwing themselves on the floor and beating their hands on the floor as if they're lost to the world, like this high drama, Right. how I would have to suppress a a grin and a giggle because I would just find it so cute. You know, now they're suffering and it's hard and I feel for them and I'm compassionate, but I also just look and go, oh my God, how completely freaking adorable. And it's that same sense of finding us adorable that mm. is, that pervades the attitude that our 
spirit has towards us. We tend to think, oh, spirit must judge us. Like, oh, I keep messing up. God must be mad. I'm taking too long. I've waited too long. I messed up too many times, blah, blah, blah. But the truth that I feel, that I perceive from my own guides and from other people's guides is, Oh, look at her. Oh, look at what she chose. Oh, this is going to be a tough one for her, but look at her. Isn't she so cute? It's always this deep, endearing quality. And I I really think that it's important for us as creatives to give ourselves that same attitude when we Mm. mess up, Mm -hmm. especially when we're striving, when we think we're behind, to let ourselves feel how our spirit, how our genius is loving us through it, is adoring us through it, finds even our biggest mess ups and and cuteness. There's just so much cuteness there, you know? So that's what I even felt when you said, yeah, you know, and I, I say fuck and I smoke cigarettes and like, I could just feel your guides going, isn't she great? Isn't, she, isn't that just fantastic? Yeah. She is unique and she is brilliant and she is human. Like she dares to be in this body. She dares to test the limits. She dares to be, you know, human. It's a big yeah. deal. And so I just want everybody, I want you, if you're listening, to take a breath and just kind of pat yourself on the back, not for anything in particular, but just for freaking being here, just for daring to keep taking a breath and to keep walking your path and to keep doing your best and to keep messing up and to keep being a selfish son of a gun and to keep forgetting to feed the cat and to keep all of it. Because that's actually what I feel your spirit wants you to feel is as if you could lean back into the support of your guides who truly unconditionally love you and find you adorbs in all the ways that you find embarrassing and shameful and guilty about. That's just so incredibly powerful, Melissa, because, you know, I think that, I mean, do you really believe that people's spirit, that they think their spirit is judging them, but that's just from their head, that's from their analytical, their intellectual, their ego, right? Their mind. Yeah, but I mean, that's not unusual. I mean, that's, that's how our minds work. Our minds yeah. work with polarity and judgment. Our right. minds work with story and character. And so, I, you know, I was a Catholic for most of my life and it really worked for me. I've got nothing against religiosity except for the effects it has in the world sometimes, just yeah, like everything too. else. Yeah. You know, I just have to say for me, spirituality should be about the proof is in the pudding. Mm. When I was a Catholic, before I kind of accidentally got psychic in the year 2000. Whoops. I want to hear more about that in a second. Yeah. yeah. Crap. I was a happy Catholic. I mean, yeah, I was never that crazy about the misogyny part. I was never mm-hmm. that crazy about the anti-sexuality part. I was never that crazy about the, the civil rights issues that exist in the Catholic church. But it's a really old organization, And, you know, I also wasn't that crazy about judgmentalism. Like there were things I wasn't crazy about, but I also really loved the community, loved the ritual, 
loved the tradition and it served me. It helped me be a better person. Mm, Going to church every Sunday helped me be a better person. So because it helped me be a better person, I have a big thumbs up. Sure. Lots of people find a lot of value and are better people because of their religions. Oh, for sure. I say that's fan-freaking-tastic. Yeah. I also see how there's some organizational structures and aspects to different old religions and patriarchal religions that are damaging the movement for social justice, racial justice, gender justice, like, you know, a lot of things that, that I, I, I'm concerned are holding back culture. Agreed. I think that's where I have always resisted organized religion. My mother was Jewish. Uh, they're mm-hmm. both deceased, God rest their souls. My mother was Jewish. My father was of a Christian faith. Neither were very practicing, but both of their parents were much more practicing. So mm-hmm. we were graced, my brothers and I, with growing up with a dual understanding of religion from these perspectives with very kind of foundational bases. But our parents weren't the kind that shoved things down our throat. So they let us children decide. Mm. My oldest brother became an Orthodox Jew, very devout. My middle brother became a very devout Catholic. Mm-hmm. And then there was me, my whole life, people going, well, what, what, do you, what is your religion? And I said, I don't believe in organized religion for exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what do you believe? And I'm like, I don't know how to describe it to you. I guess if I had to give it a label, it would be a blend of Eastern philosophy and Native American spirituality because Mm -hmm. I revere life. I revere and honor that I'm embodied in this form and I want to do the best I can each day to be the best and highest version of me. And sometimes I'm going to get stuck in my head and sometimes I'm going to, you know, be more in that woo-woo space. And so I love what you said earlier about how, you know, because that's the whole purpose of this show, right, is to be the spiritual badass that you are and the human embodiedness of that, Mm -hmm. giving yourself compassion and love. And when you talked about how, you know, the spirit sees us in this very adorable fashion, like that clicked, right? Like... I could identify with watching my own son, right? Throwing the tantrum and, you know, this, that, and the other. And just thinking on the one hand, the human side, like stop the tantrum, you know, we need to do X, Y, Z or whatever the situation is. On the other deep loving side, the unconditionally infinite side going, oh, look at how much they're struggling. And yet finding that balance between the two. Now, how did... How did that happen for you then? Because as a lawyer, having been the valedictorian, coming from a place of very intellectualness, how did you kind of, you said accidentally became psychic, but how (laughs) does that, like, how does that accidental, you know, how does that happen? And how did you step in and find this path that is now so your heart's, your, just your heart and soul? Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've always been creative, intuitive, imaginative as a kid. You know, I had imaginary friends, which I now know to be spirit guides, same, same. Yeah. But it was a quiet part of my life and it was part of my faith life as a Catholic. And something changed when I gave birth to my daughter, my second child in the year 2000. 
that birthing experience, first of all, was like this pain-free, believe it or not, like it was intense in my body, but it felt amazing. It felt pleasurable. Wow. Four hours and I had a baby and, and it really kind of blew me open. So whereas before I'd been very intuitive and curious about spirit, deep into spirituality, after Clarice's birth, my, my psychic awareness really shot up <laughs> to the point where I was seeing other people's spirit guides and hearing messages that I shouldn't really have known otherwise. And, wow. And being drawn to put my hands on people and transferring energy and healing injuries or, or illnesses that they had and all this stuff that I really had not believed was a thing. I really did not believe in this stuff. Wow. And suddenly I was this stuff and it was weird. I mean, it was, it was wonderful on one level because I felt like, I felt like a part of myself was finally here. Like it was an arrival of part of me. Ah, oh, there I am. Like this uh. relief internally, it felt like a relief. It felt like it made perfect sense. But externally with the rest of the world, it was extremely upsetting, you know, because it really, it messed up what I, my commute, my relationship with the Catholic church, for example, was blown out of the water mm -hmm. because there's, it really doesn't go with the Catholic church. What happened to me? There's no, yeah. there's not like a spot for that inside wow. the Catholic faith tradition. And I know that some brave people kind of try and create one and, and that's cool. But for me, I couldn't. I couldn't stand with the Catholic organization anymore. It was my faith kind of blew that box open for me. Mm. And so therefore I wasn't, I lost my relationship temporarily with my parents who were oh. very upset about what was happening for me, were really worried about me and really didn't know what to do with it. Thought it was an ego trip or a, a fake thing or some kind of a mental break. Like there was a lot of concern. Wow. My husband of the time, you know, as he was, as he would say a few years later when we finally divorced, you know, he's like, you know, I love you. I think this is right for you, but I married a Catholic lawyer. <laughs> wow. I want to know where the Catholic lawyer went, you know? Oh, wow. And my community, my whole. So it was, it was uncomfortable to say the least to have this shift in me, even though it was a deep opening into more of who I am. And, and I, you know, to be perfectly honest, I didn't handle it super gracefully. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I got a little hot on myself. I was like, wow, I can heal people with my hands. Oh, I'm pretty hot stuff. Check me out, you know, and, and, and went off on some levels, went off the rails on some levels, becoming that visionary woo person for a bit who wasn't as responsible to the real world as I could have been. And so my journey took me into like living naked in the woods with the other hippies and the, and the hot springs. Like, yeah, I just went full on woo. Wow. And um, for a few years, certainly, and I was channeling classes in the arts of the temple priestess and teaching things that I shouldn't have known, but that worked. Um, ancient things, you know, mystery school things that that later I would get validated by people who were actually trained in the mystery school. They'd be like, how do you know about that? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm just channeling it. And eventually, you know, I went through periods where I was like super woo. And then I started to get back into business. I started to do some land use work and planning and marketing. And, and then eventually I ended up back in San Diego because I had moved to Northern California. And then I went back to San Diego and really 
felt inspired by the connection between spirituality and business and Mm. feeling really aligned and passionate about supporting the world's top creative minds to bridge the world so that they could swiftly innovate the new solutions that my world needs for my kids to grow up in a healthy Mm. world. And so that continues to drive me this calling to help awakening intuitively guided creative powerhouses to bring the vision that they're here to bring all the way through to a profitable business, to a, a, a projects of impact without losing the integrity of the original vision. Mm-hmm. So this, the cohesive channel all the way through from pure vision, futuristic, trended, innovative, swift, accelerated solutions kind of wisdom through all the way through their bodies, all the way through their businesses, all the way into the world without losing the integrity of that original inspired vision. That I think is the answer to most of the world's problems. That's to me the signal and the embodiment of true genius in our world's leaders. And so I am very devoted to supporting intuitively creative entrepreneur type people to bring it through and to make a lot more money and to have more impact and to support millionaires, billionaires, leaders of a very high level, the Fortune 100 executives that I've had the pleasure of working with, the billionaires that I've had the pleasure of working with, the world-renowned creatives that I've had the pleasure of working with, to even in their go-getter powerhouse positions with their giant energy bodies, because so many people care about them and project on them and whose lives are directed by them, you might say, that they are they are able to open their channels and to stay fully connected to the spirit of genius that wants to come through and use their existing business grids and and responsible organizations to make swift, effective change for good in a world that desperately needs swift, effective change for good. Oh my God, yes. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Today's episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, True Visionaries Incorporated, an organization dedicated to helping you become a true visionary of your own life. If you're dealing with any kind of stress day-to-day or stress related to the pandemic, then go to www.susandesenzi.com forward slash stress toolkit to download your free stress toolkit guide. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show. So how do you how do you work with someone then when they, you know, take quote unquote again, lack of better languaging words, take the average Joe, the average person, and again the, the word average, I just mean the person who is not the billionaire, millionaire, Fortune 100 kind of CEO or mm-hmm. top exec, right? C-suite. And not 
the person who's in this super spiritually woo-woo kind of place who has these visionary ideas and is very creative and doesn't know how to bring it forth and maybe doesn't even have this huge desire to. They just, they're kind of happy in that space. How do you take then someone who is in this kind of middle ground place where they're a little bit of both, right? They, they know they're capable of creating a business and, and bringing forth these visions and these creative kind of ideas and, and really making something that has this huge global impact. And yet they get stuck in their head or they get stuck kind of in that more intellectual place with the how-tos and things like that. How do you take someone like that that may come to you for help? Because you had the mystery school. You have the mystery school. I have a, yeah, kind of a mystery school for the people who've got this world wired. Right. And I've got a business school. For it is people called business school. Yeah. Are visionaries and, and they're the same academy. Honestly, it's called Channel Your Genius Academy, but there's two sides of the academy. And so people go back and forth. And it's funny because as soon as you ask me like, well, how do you take the average Joe who kind of thinks that they might have a thing? And I'm like, well, they can take my soul gift quiz at soulgiftquiz.com and learn what their soul gift is. But the truth is average Joe doesn't, has no interest in me. Oh. Because I am here for people who are following a calling and I'm not here for average Joe. I mean, I'm way too freaking intense for average Joe. Average yeah. Joe, like average Joe or Jane might take my soul gift quiz, learn what their soul gift is and realize that they are not average, that they've been pretending to be average their whole freaking life. There we go. Yeah. And that actually they are deeply, passionately devoted to bringing their soul's gifts to the world, but they've never felt permission and they've never felt validated. And I have people, hundreds of people taking my quiz every week. And I get lots of emails from people saying, oh my God, I've never thought about this. I've never realized this. And now that I've taken your little quiz, I realize, whoa, there's so much more to me than I've given myself credit for. And that's the door opener into what I would think of as a temple you know, of yourself, of yourself as a creative conduit, as, as an instrument of the divine source that wants to flow through and create real change in the real world. But I, you know, I, I honor people who, who are souls who came to this lifetime to just be normal. And that's fine. That's fine. Mm, Like there's, nothing wrong with just being normal and like having a job and taking care of your kids. And I bow to the responsible, grounded humans who, who really aren't here to bridge the world. That's totally dandy, but those are not my peeps. Yeah. I'm here to help people do something that is rarely ever talked about, much less accomplished. And it requires a deep level of dedication to self-discovery, to surrendering to the genius that wants to flow through while simultaneously creating structures and strategies for a real life that can be radically, limitlessly successful and impactful. And that is a path of courage and dedication. It ain't for, it's not average Joe's path. It's not, yeah, I see that. I see what, I, yeah. I, and that makes so much sense. Do you think that as you were kind of 
deepening in your awakening after Clarice was born, and all of a sudden these gifts are are there. Mm-hmm. Did you ever find there was a a point where you know? Well, do you think that because you'd already had such an interest in spirituality and you had already been tapped into your intuitiveness and your creativity on many levels, even as a lawyer, right? Even Mm -hmm. as this intellect, Mm -hmm. do you think that that was key for you to not look at what was happening and, and go into the egoic kind of mind process that said, I'm crazy or what the hell is happening yeah, here? Am I absolutely. mental? Because people around you were reacting that way with their expectations. Do, do no, you think that was true. the thing that helped you? It definitely helped. So having a strong faith life previous to my intuitive awakening allowed me to, when I heard the voices of the divine speaking to me as quote unquote spirit guides as kind of as different personalities, I had a framework for that already through the Catholic church. Oh, this feels kind of like this saint, or this feels kind of like this angel, or this feels like, okay, I've got a framework for that. Mm -hmm. Most importantly, I could feel and sense which voices were of love, my creator, which which voices were of my genius, of my creator, of love, of God, Mm -hmm. and which voices were shenanigans, which voices were you know, I mean, just dead people or whatever, you know, it's not like they're bad, but yeah, you know, I had everybody talking to me, all kinds of voices were talking to me. And right away, because of my devotion to God, I just, I held it up to the divine. I said, God, you and I have always been buds. Like, so I need you to protect me. And which of these voices are of the highest good of love? I welcome and all that are of anything other than the highest good and love can get lost. Mm. And I want to be protect. I call on the protection of my creator, of my spirit, of the Holy spirit to protect me. I anoint myself in the highest good. And because of that, I felt very confident as I spoke with spirit in all these different ways of kind of sorting and going, yeah, no, I'm not talking to you right now. You know, I'm not interested in those demons or those whatever you want to call those voices that are like, well, now that you're so hot, you can have whatever you want. You know, I'm like, no, no, I, I read stories about you guys. I'm not going for that. <laughs> right. You know, so that, that definitely helped. Likewise, my background as a lawyer really helped mm. because when I felt all these guides and voices talking to me, I thought, huh, how can I put these guys to work? And how can I organize these voices? Huh, it almost feels like there's different personalities. Hmm, spirit guides. Okay, here's what I want, everybody. I want a chief guide who's like my operations specialist, the one guide I go to. Behind that, I want teams. I got a team over here on my bodily health. I got a team over here for my business growth. I got a team over here for talking to other people's guides. I got a team over here for talking to the cosmic star nations. I got teams. I got teams of guys. Guides, you guys are all organized, right? Because I was a business lawyer. So I'm used to like, let's put everybody in their right role. Let's have departments. Let's create lines of communication. And so within, you know, so in that respect, my inner awakening experience was great. I'm like, oh, good. Look at all these resources. You know, I got guides Uh that just find me parking spaces. I got guides that protect me when I'm in my car. I got guides that 
and I'm, I didn't know, in a sense, I didn't know any better because I hadn't been trained as a woo metaphysical type person. Right. I just was using my own mind to create my own framework. And, and now I teach other people how to find their own framework in that way. And this is some, this is a place where I can work with executives who are not religious, maybe don't even consider themselves spiritual, but through working together, I'm able to advise them and support them in creating their own framework so that they can talk to their genius Mm. in a way that works for them. Yeah. So if you have someone who is committed and has this deep calling and they're feeling a little bit, you know, like lost, like, I I know there's a path and I'm, I'm not seeing it super clearly other than taking your soul gift quiz, which I took and is amazing. And I believe I didn't look it up prior to us talking today, but I'm pretty sure I don't want to give it away as far as the types. I want people to take the quiz. Go take no, the I quiz. No, I don't mind. But I, I think, think you're a messenger, aren't you? I think I was a transmitter. A transmitter first. Okay. So my guess then would be that you're a transmitter messenger. What? What? Well, I don't know. Do oracle. You, do you want to share what they are? Or you want Yeah. To- so there's five types. The transmitter is the soul that came here to simply emit and radiate an energy of evolution, of healing. And transmitters are constantly transmitting their particular frequency of energy, healing, light in the world. And they don't really feel like they should have to work for a living because they're constantly emitting their light. So Mm. transmitters are the ones that really need strategy and business. And I work mostly with transmitters because they need my help. You know, they're the ones to come and get a VIP day with me so that I can lay out, here's your purpose, here's your best business, here's your best niche, here's the strategy for your business. This is how we can get people to pay you to sit under your sprinkler of goodness. You know, people need an excuse to pay you a lot of money to receive the healing that you're actually just constantly emitting. So transmitters are a certain, you know, I bow to my transmitters because if you had been born in a different time, you might have been recognized early in life, oh, this one's special. And then you would have been brought into the temple, raised up in the temple, given everything you need, educated, fed, supported, nourished, nurtured, because when you are on, when you are in your balance, you benefit the entire community without Mm -hmm. doing anything. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's a transmitter. Messenger, which I think would be your secondary at least, is uh, I'm a messenger primary. primary. My primary soul gift is a messenger. We are here to translate wisdom into words, sometimes into shape. Some artists are messengers, but we need to be understood. We don't like to be interrupted. We tend to be wordsmiths. We tend to be speakers, teachers, writers. That's the messenger soul. And we're here to translate wisdom, often complex wisdom, into simple language people can understand. See, I'm confused now which one I'm going to have to go look it up again. That's why I say I think you're a little of both, but that's cool. But there's always a primary one. Yeah. And it wouldn't surprise me if you're a transmitter because you are deeply empathic. You're deeply gifted in that way. So that's quite possible. Hmm. And then we have other types like the creators. Okay. Creators are not just all creatives. That's not it. No, creators. They're the souls that even as a kid, these folks kind of knew how everything was wired. Like, and they can be a little bit 
know it all about it even. Like, can't you guys see this? Like, can't you see it? Right. And I call them creators because it's like they were here when everything was created and they're back knowing how everything's wired. They're usually really good with systems. They're really good with building things. They, they're know-it-alls at a deep soul <laughs> level. They yeah. really do know it all. Yeah. They're not making it up. But sometimes they need help translating it. That's why they need messengers, right? Uh. Sometimes so. And then there's another type called the explorers. The explorers are souls who came here just to test all the limits. We all have a friend like this. They don't sit still. They're constantly wanting to travel. It's hard for them to stay relaxed in like any thing that might feel like a trap to them, a relationship, one place, a home. Like <laughs> they're, wow. they're constantly testing the limits. They're explorers. They're here to explore. And the gift that they give the world is one of expansion. They model and uh, teach how to just keep expanding beyond wow. limits. Wow. And then there are the researchers. The researchers are souls who are here to be sponges. They soak it all up and they see things objectively. They don't get pulled off into emotional upheaval as much as some of the other types do. They still are deeply feeling people, mm -hmm. but they just see it like it is. And they're just constantly quietly saying, well, what about this? You know, no, actually it's this. And it's, they're, they're here to, to witness, to notice, and to reflect back what's actually happening. They tend to pee people right now in this culture with how crazy it is. There's so much chaos in our global culture right now that our researchers are all escaping into video games <laughs> because a video game makes sense. It has rules, it has structure, and researchers long for that level of like, can everyone just be reasonable for a minute? Can everyone just notice the rules and follow them? Not necessarily rule following, but rather this they love the sense of order. There's peace in the order when there's structures and things work according to certain parameters. So those are the five types. And, and when you take the soul gift quiz, it'll show you it's pretty darn good, even though it's only a seven question, little fun, little cream puff feeling of a quiz. It nails you. It, it nails, nails people. You. Yeah. And, and it, it tends to like, you know, 90% of the time I would say it nails your primary soul gift. And then, um, and then I have a, a little course called the Genius Revealer Experience where for people who want to take the next step, that's a very inexpensive opportunity to dive in and find out not just your primary soul gift, but your secondary soul gift. And then what's your right role in the world based on the, when you know those two things, you know your right role, which so many of us <laughs> spend our whole lives trying to find our right role, you know, and All then, right? Yeah. so, so yeah, it's, it's a journey. And it is an invitation for people who think they're the average Joe to find out, oh, shoot, I am not the average Joe. I've been masquerading as the average Joe. And it's time now to acknowledge what deep inside myself I've always known, which is I, my soul came here for a thing and it's time to get to it. You know, it's interesting. We've had, you know, quite a few conversations and I've never, I've never heard all five mm. explained like that before. And, and it just, like, it's so clear, right? It makes so much sense. And as you were really talking, does. I'm yeah. bopping off people in my mind's eye of like, right. oh, they're probably, they could be this. Oh, they might be that. And, and again, I took the quiz, nailed it. I mean, it na not nailed it. It nailed me, I think. Mm -hmm. I will go back, but I'm pretty sure 
it was transmitter. I, I, I'm not sure, but now I'm curious. I might take it again anyway, just to see. Yeah. For those people then who are listening and, and they're like, yes, I, everything that Melissa is saying is so spot on. It's resonating for me. What would be the best next step for them to, well, one, before advice, get in touch with you and, and kind of even beyond the Soul Gift Quiz, which again is soulgiftquiz.com. It'll all be in the show notes as well. But beyond the, the Soul Gift Quiz that, that I hope you all take, you need to take it. Mm-hmm. I'm telling it's you, fun. you need to take it's it. It's just fun. Yeah. What would be the next best step for them to get in touch with you if they were interested in mm-hmm. maybe looking at the course you have or other things that you offer? Thanks for asking. That's cool. Um, my website is channelyourgenius.com. And when you go to channelyourgenius.com, of course, you can go take the quiz. You can check out my podcast, my blog. But you can also take this cool little survey I created because I do offer a lot of different things for different people. And so I created this survey called my work with me survey. Oh, nice. You take this little fun little quiz, basically, and it shows you what free or low cost or more intensive thing might be a fit for you in working with me. So if you're feeling like, wow, Melissa, I wonder if I'm supposed to work with her there's a little quiz right there for you to take and you'll learn something about yourself even while you just take that little work with me quiz. All of, you know, I studied surveys and sociology at Stanford. So I'm really into like creating these quizzes as experiences that not only, you know, funnel people into the right product or blah, 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 but actually really benefit people in the process. Yeah. I hear um, that. So it's a fun journey and it's a something that helps you learn about yourself, whether you're supposed to be a client or a student of mine or not. You know, what means a lot to me is that, is that I, I can touch people's hearts and help open you to your own soul's gift. That's what my deepest wide purposes here. So that's what that stuff's designed to do. So if whether someone takes the quiz or not, or goes mm-hmm. to the to your site channelyourgenius.com, and again, that'll all be in the show notes, what would be a piece of advice then or an offering? Again, I'm not crazy about the word advice. What would be an offering you would want to share? If they're in that place, they feel it, maybe they're afraid, whatever to kind of help them recognize the power within them, the genius within them that is waiting to be channeled. Mm -hmm. What could you offer up to them to just give them that little like spirit looking at us going, God, you're adorbs. (laughs) Well, you know, one, there's a lot of those and you'll find a lot of them. If you look me up and look on YouTube and all that stuff, you'll find a lot of those, but But the one that's popping to mind right now is one of my favorite things, which is to remember back to when you were a kid. And what was the animal that you just loved as a kid? Most Mm. of us had either a stuffed animal or a certain animal that we were just so attracted to, you know? And what if that animal is still with you? What Mm. if the energy of that imaginary friend that you had as a kid has been a guardian angel for you this whole time. What if you right now took a few breaths and just imagine, just like an imaginary game, not, 
you don't have to be psychic, you don't have to be whatever, work at this. But just imagine that animal being an ally to you, like a spirit ally to you. Mm. And, and imagine having a conversation. Imagine that animal having permission to love you again and to support you again and to just be a buddy. You know, here we are in these COVID times. We feel lonely. We feel isolated. What if you allowed yourself an imaginary friend again and, and consider even if you want to take it the next step, what qualities does that animal have that you admire? What makes that animal special? You know, maybe it's a giraffe. Well, what are giraffes good at? You know, seeing from a higher perspective, being gentle, running really fast sometimes. Like, and you don't have to look it up on some website. What does giraffe mean? You don't have to ask somebody else. What does giraffe signify? Just ask yourself, mm. huh? Get curious. Like why giraffe? Why do I like giraffe so much? I think it's their eyelashes. What do those eyelashes mean to me? Oh, there's just this sweetness. Ah, I love that sweetness. And allow yourself to benefit from that ally relationship again. And that ally relationship might just take you wherever you need to go. Oh my God, that is so, that's so beautiful. Simply because, you know, you don't go look it up and see what it means. You don't ask other people. No, you don't need to. Self and trust your higher genius. Allow that to be channeled through with what does it mean to you? Because I know I'm guilty 100% of, as you were talking, my other part of my mind went to, well, then you could look it up on the internet and see what that means. But that's a conditioned piece. Oh, thank you so much. Melissa, as always, it's amazing to talk with you. I just love and adore you so much. And Mm, thanks, Susan. So much for being here. Please, please. Go to soulgiftquiz.com, take the quiz, find out what your soul gift is, go to channelyourgenius.com and take a look at the My Work With Me survey that Melissa is offering. Just peruse her site because this woman, one million percent, knows how to help you find your soul gift and really, truly channel your genius. Thank you again, Melissa, for being here. Thanks, Susan. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Now, remember, y'all, I I love you so much, and I'm so grateful that you are here week after week learning how to become the spiritually expressed badass that you were born and meant to be. I honor you, I love you, and I hope that you have a beautifully spiritually expressed human week. And I'll see you next week. Ciao for now. You've been listening to The Spiritually Expressed Human where conformity is not an option, getting out of the box is critical, and spiritually expressed means becoming the badass of your life while attaining freedom and inner peace. If you're ready to start that process, go to susandesenzi.com and click on the free gift tab to get started. You can also get the link in the show notes. Thank you for being here. And if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Until next time, Be the spiritually expressed badass you are meant to be.